Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Coming up on Stu Does America, Peter Schweizer is here with a warning on China. CNN loses a top dog who couldn't control his bone. Plus, did you know you can get 10 bucks off a Blaze TV subscription right freaking now, right this second? Go uh, to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like the stupid show. Plus, you save that 10 bucks. And some comedians are offensive in a funny way. Some comedians are offensive in a, oh, my God, how can they be so stupid kind of way. Let's talk about the latter as we do Whoopi Goldberg. Stu does America. Everybody's losing their jobs for at least a temporary period of time. That's the way the world works these days. Everybody's getting fired or suspended, and we're here for it, I guess. This is what we talk about a lot. It's kind of a strange world. We start at CNN. The big story today, uh, Jeff Zucker, the CNN president, the guy who's made a zillion decisions that you don't like, is now out of a gig. Uh, Jeff Zucker resigns, citing an undisclosed relationship with a colleague. Now, Zucker is you know, not a big public figure, but he's a huge figure when it comes to uh, the media. Uh, and if you don't know, um, you know, I guess he had a little side thing going on or whatever. Uh, Zucker, here he is. Uh, this is uh, Jeff. This is what he looks like. Um, I mean, could you resist? I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it here. Uh, also, uh, he was in an affair with uh, Allison Gollust. Uh, now, she's interesting. She's a big CNN executive as well. One of the main reasons she's interesting and one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about that is her former place of employment. And of course, obviously, it's because she was an aide to Andrew Cuomo. Could it be any more predictable than this? During the Chris Cuomo investigation, this is his statement, by the way, as part of the investigation into Chris Cuomo's tenure at CNN, I was asked about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague, someone I've worked for, uh, worked with, with for more than 20 years. I acknowledge the relationship evolved in recent years. I was required to disclose it when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. As a result, I'm resigning today. I came to CNN on January 28th, 2013. Together, we had nine great years. Eh, let's not overstate it. I certainly wish my tenure here had ended differently, but it was an amazing run, and I loved every minute. I'm grateful to the thousands of incredibly talented Turner, CNN and Turner Sports employees who helped make this joy for me, blah, 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 blah. So Jeff uh, resigns. And, you know, uh, they're not going to all of a sudden become conservative now. It's not all that important. But it is interesting to see how this stuff all ties together. And you see the pressures of uh, sort of a house of cards falling apart uh, when they finally go after Chris Cuomo. I mean, you've, you've been here watching the show. How many times did I sit here in this seat in this same suit tell, asking you over and over again, why are they protecting this guy? Why haven't they fired him for his ratings, let alone all the crap he's doing on the air and to the reputation of whatever reputation is left of CNN? Well, now you kind of get the answer here, right? I mean, I'm sure all the Cuomo's had all sorts of dirt on this and it could have forced him out whenever they wanted. 
So that's why he lasted so long. And now with new management coming in, new ownership coming in at CNN, doesn't seem like a place Jeff Zucker wants to be. And now he is out. That's just one of the big stories today. Uh, late yesterday, ABC ha- came out with a new ruling on Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, she's been suspended over her Holocaust comments. You never want that headline, though. You never want to be suspended over Holocaust comments. And that's uh, unfortunate. Now, if you remember, I'll try to let me blow through this quickly because we kind of went through the saga yesterday. She made statements basically saying the Holocaust wasn't about race. Obviously, if you know anything about Hitler and, you know, the Aryan or master race, uh, you, you may be a little bit conflicted as to what that means. She went on Colbert and doubled down on this. In the middle, she gave this statement, which was kind of her generic apology. On today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's humanity to man. I should have said that it was about both. Uh, as Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people, who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. My sincerest apologies. Now, of course, we know the apologies weren't sincere at all because she later doubled down on the comments and basically said, number one, uh, hey, uh, stop writing me about it. I'm sick of hearing your dumb opinion that where you think that the Jews were a race and, uh, and Hitler was, was a racist. I'm sick of hearing that. So stop writing it to me. And then she said, well, you know, uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll shut up. I'll never say it again. Um, not at all acknowledging uh, that she was really wrong. She doubled down and secondly, just said, I'm just not going to say it anymore. I'm still going to believe it. She's gone back and forth about this over and over again. And it's interesting because, you know, here's Whoopi Goldberg, who's a host at at The View. The show has been on somehow for 25, God, just tragic and exhausting years. She hasn't been on for all of those years. It's just felt like it. And she has been blurting out random things for a very long time. Now, again, the view can easily be summarized as the dumbest people you know talking about things they didn't know about five minutes previous to the time you heard them on television. Uh, they, it's just a, a really rough thing to watch. And partially that's why it gets on TV a lot, because they continually say really dumb things. Occasionally, someone who's pretty smart gets on the show. It's rare, but it does, uh, it does happen for a time. But it always resorts back to the basics of, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar and all these crazy people. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this, like there have been a lot of controversies now with Whoopi Goldberg. And I am of the opinion that, look, Whoopi Goldberg, she is who she is. You know what you're getting with Whoopi Goldberg. You're going to get a very basic, very uninformed collection of blather. It's going to be dumped into your living room every single day. You know she's not going to be, she, you know she hasn't put a minute of thought into these things beforehand. She's just pretty dumb. And I think you can kind of track uh, her statement to being pretty just ignorant uh, of, of World War II and its history. She talks a lot and, and seems to want to make people believe that she's smart about the racial issues of today. And so she just foists that sort of structure onto 1930s Germany. Now, Anybody hearing that that whole process described would realize that's a really dumb thing to do. But that's who she is, right? She's a very large, very dumb person. And that is just who Whoopi Goldberg is at this point in her life. Um, But you start thinking about, there's been a lot of this stuff with her. 
I don't want her to. Be, I don't want her fired. I don't even want her suspended. I want her out there just running her mouth so we all know exactly who she is. But how can you trace back who she is? Because she's not even Whoopi Goldberg, right? I mean, I don't know if you remember this, and it's not a huge surprise, but Whoopi's not her real name. In fact, her name is totally different. This is, uh, I mean, first of all, Goldberg. Is uh, Goldberg a kind of traditional Jewish last name? Is she Jewish? She seems to think that she is, I think. Here's what she said in 2016 to the Jewish Chronicle. Speaking this week at a charity event in London, the Oscar-winning actress said, I just know I'm Jewish. I practice nothing. I don't go to temple, but I do remember the holidays. Religion is a lot of work. It's exhausting. Uh, so I was listening to you, by the way. So I keep it simple. I have a pretty good relationship with God. We talk. Okay, well, she's doing the what the Elizabeth Warren thing here. Like I, rem- it's not. I'm not actually Native American, but it's kind of part of my heritage. Is that what she's attempting here? Um, people ha- say she says people would ask me in a roundabout way. So are you? And I would say what? And they'd say, what does your name mean? And I would say, do you mean Whoopi? And they'd say, no, the other name. And then they would finally say, come on, are you Jewish? And I would say, would you ask me that if I was white? I bet not. I think they might still ask. I don't know. Maybe maybe she's right on that. Um, She said, my mother did not name me Whoopi, but Goldberg is my name. It's part of my family, part of my heritage, just like being black. Well, is it? Because what's her actual name? It's not Goldberg. It's Johnson. So how did she get the... How did she get... What, what is it? Elaine Johnson? Is that the right name? I can't... I forget. I, we read this earlier. Um, but, like... That's not Whoopi Goldberg. So not even Elaine Goldberg. It's... Oh, Johnson? So how did she get to Goldberg from Johnson? Isn't that a... A a different kind of transition, because we know there's a history in this country of people taking um, maybe ethnic names, maybe religious sounding names, maybe uh, names associated with a particular country and Americanizing them. You'd think there might be a case when maybe this country is a lot more anti-Semitic than it is today, or at least I hope it is today. Uh, People might say, uh, well, my name is actually Goldberg, but I'm switching it to Johnson. We've seen that happen before. But no, she went from Johnson to Goldberg. Why? No. One story suggests that her mother, Emma Johnson, thought that the family's original surname was not Jewish enough for her daughter to become a star. Huh? This is uh, floating into very strange territory for Whoopi Johnson. Uh, Very strange, because it almost seems as if she's thinking, well, if I sound Jewish, I'll get better treatment in Hollywood, which I don't know aligns with her understanding of World War II that we've learned about here in the last couple of days. Um, She was born Karen Johnson, by the way. Um, How did you wind up with the name Whoopi? She was asked. This is by uh, The New York Times. Here's the thing. When you're performing on stage, you never really have time to go into the bathroom and close the door. So if you get a little gassy, you got to let it go. So people used to say to me, you're like a whoopee cushion. And that's where the name came from. So she farted too much and she wanted to look more Jewish to become a star. That's a weird history. I got to be honest with you. That is a weird freaking history. And she's had multiple incidents of controversy in front of of uh, the country. A lot of this predates sort of cancel culture land, 
which I think is good. But I mean, do you remember some of these? In 2007, she said about Michael Vick when he was going through his uh, dog uh, uh, fighting situation. He's from the South, from the deep South. This is part of his cultural upbringing, Goldberg said of uh, the then Atlanta Falcons quarterback. For a lot of people, dogs are sport. Uh, just instead of just saying Vic is a beast and he's a monster, this is a kid who comes from a culture where this is not questioned. Okay, I mean, he didn't see a lot of people defending the whole dog uh, murder thing, but Whoopi was was there for that one. How about this one uh, from when he, she was talking about Roman Polanski? I know it wasn't rape, rape. Yeah, there is a statutory rape. I, I, child molest, maybe? I'm not sure it was, was something, no? it was something else, but I don't believe it was rape, rape. And when we mm. get all the information, somebody will tell me in my ear. All I'm trying to get you to understand mm -hmm. is when we're talking about what someone did and what they were charged with, we have to say what it actually was, okay, not so what we, we think it was. What he said he did. He gave her quaaludes. He gave mm -hmm. her champagne. Mm -hmm. She was drugged. She was 13 years old. They were he asked her, here's a transcript. And, but that's what I'm saying. You're 13 years she old. She was still a child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 13, a little young for the quaaludes and the sex and the, the alcohol. A tad. Not really a borderline case, per se. Um, and I, Whoopi did not think, however, that was rape, rape. Which, you know, go back to, I mean, politicians have lost their gig over this, right? Um, wasn't it Todd Akin who said something in this general vicinity and uh, destroyed his chances for going to the Senate, which he almost uh, won uh, back in the day? This is something that normally not looked upon too positively. Uh, another person she defended was Mel Gibson during his troubles. I don't like what he did here, but I know Mel and I know he's not a racist. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Can he I, may be I, a bonehead. Well, that you know, language certainly well, sounded racist well, you know to me. What? Well, again, I have had a long but, friendship but I, the, with the, Mel. The, I just want to clear the point make that this I want to really make out. Let that, me finish okay, this, please. Okay. Is that you can say he's being a bonehead, head, but I can't sit and say that he's a racist having spent time with him in my house with my kids. I can't say it. Hmm. It's interesting. And of course, you know, that was very controversial at the time, mainly to the left. Uh, and she stood up for her friend. She also talked about Bill Cosby. Who's going to believe that? Bill Cosby? Dr. Huxtable? Wow. Perhaps the police might have believed it. She or, the or the hospital where you go, don't, don't you do a kit when you say someone has raped you? Don't they? Don't the police? A rape kit is what it's called. Isn't that... The next step, once you make an allegation, don't the cops take you into the into the hospital for it? Yes. I hope that there is justice for this lady. I hope somebody gets to the bottom of this. But I am I'm going to reserve my judgment because I, I have a lot of questions. I don't know. Is that a crazy opinion? Is that a big I mean, you're going to reserve judgment until you know the facts. I mean, I don't think that's insane, but it was controversial at the time. She said a lot of these things. Some of them have gone left. Some of them have gone right. She's all over the board. Uh, here is, uh, of course, the 1993 incident where she was cheering on her then boyfriend, Ted Danson, in blackface. And that was kind of controversial as well. There's a weird thing going on here with race and Whoopi Goldberg, though. She brings it up a lot, as we just covered. She talks about it a lot. Uh, she seems to have a very strange perception of what it means. 
Um, and there's a larger issue here, and Jesse Kelly tweeted this, and I want to bring this, uh, this uncomfortable point up here for a second. Everybody knows the deal with Whoopi Goldberg, and nobody wants to say it. There's a huge tension between Jews and parts of the black community in America, especially the black nationalists who hate Jews as much as anyone. All you saw was a manifestation of that on TV. There has been some of this over the past few years. I mean, Nick Cannon is a really good example of this. Nick Cannon, who came out and said all sorts of terrible things about Jews. We see, we've seen examples of this with uh, the black Israelites. We've seen examples of this with the Louis Farrakhan sort of view of the world, um, uh, the nation of Islam. There's a real weird tension going on. Now, look, unfortunately for Jews, lots of people all over the world have uh, treated them terribly since the beginning of time, basically. And uh, that's something that I thought we were trying to get past uh, but apparently still an issue for a, a large part, uh, too large a part, a significant part of the population. I don't know. That's exactly what's going on with Whoopi here. But there is something that you know, somebody needs to step up and say, wait a minute, this is a, this is a problem that needs to be solved. Uh, and it is a little uncomfortable. I mean, I, Nick Cannon somehow is still on TV. You watch the show he's on. And it's like, how are any of the people on TV? All the people on that show are people that have been that have done things that have canceled others. Nick Cannon has said all sorts of things about Jews. Who else is on the show? Jenny McCarthy is like, uh, they, they, they throw everybody off of Twitter for saying like, hey, the vaccine isn't 100% effective. Jenny McCarthy has led that movement for like two decades and she's just on TV and no one says anything about it. I mean, I think that's good, but still it's, it's bizarre. Uh, who else is on that show? Oh, the guy from, um, uh, what's his name, that did uh, Blurred Lines. Who is the the supermodel who is on the video shoot is on record accusing him of just groping her in the middle of the music video. He doesn't seem to deny it at all. And he's just on television judging songs. There's a weird (laughs) dynamic on that particular show. But that brings me back to the maybe the entire point of this monologue. And it's something that when when I get something wrong, I want to make sure we examine it very closely. I have been telling you. That Joy Behar is the dumbest person on television for as long as I can remember. But the important, tough question we need to ask tonight is, is Joy Behar the second dumbest person on television? If I've been misleading you, I want to make sure we get that right. Because Whoopi said all sorts of crazy things and doesn't seem to know the basics about a lot of the stuff that she talks about. Is she the dumbest person on television? And is Joy Behar only the second dumbest person on television? I put a lot of thought into that today because I I don't want to lead you down a road like this and get something this big wrong. Luckily, I did my homework and thought about it a lot. And Joy Behar is still the dumbest person on television. Flowers are sweet, but she'd prefer to sleep. Show you care by giving your Valentine the gift of better sleep and wellness from cbdistillery.com. With all that's gone on in the world the last couple of years, a special Valentine's Day assortment of CBD products is an exceptionally thoughtful gift. The potential health benefits of CBD are impressive, from better sleep to less worry to more calm. Uh, I can't think of a better Valentine's Day gift than sleep and calm. 
That sounds fantastic. And with over 2 million customers, CB Distillery is a source uh, to trust for effective and natural CBD products. And you never need a prescription at cbdistillery.com. Show your Valentine how thoughtful you are and how much you care with a sweet gift assortment of CBD products from cbdistillery.com. And be sure to use the promo code LOVE. Yes, the promo code LOVE for 20% off right now. Again, the promo code is LOVE at cbdistillery.com. I'm happy to welcome back Peter Schweizer to the program. Uh, he is the president of the Government Accountability Institute. His new book is available now, Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. Be sure to grab a copy today. Don't miss this one. This is a big one, Peter. Well, thank you, Stu. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite the interesting uh, reaction to uh, to the book. I appreciate you staying as I know you have to race now a storm across the country <laughs> to get home. Right. Uh, so it's like there's gonna be great makings of a reality show here. Peter Schweizer right. out in front of a storm front. Uh, can you survive? It's yeah. going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like those shows, you know, like the big wave is chasing people as they're running. Yeah. I'm going to be going on the interstate trying to beat this ice storm, but I'm, I'm confident. I think I'll be okay. All right. We'll get you out of here in just a second. First, got to talk about this book, though, because this yeah. is important. In fact, we talked about this months ago when you said you've got all this background information that you didn't even know. Uh, I mean, no one's seen. I mean, you, you, mm-hmm. you, you've been able to access uh, email accounts and laptops and all these mm-hmm. things that people didn't know about. Right. Um, and you put it together into this book. And it's not, you know, it's interesting, it's not like the Hunter Biden laptop book. You didn't go that direction. Right. Why? Uh, because I think there's a lot of people that have picked apart pieces of mm. the laptop. What we wanted to do was use the laptop to answer a really basic fundamental question, Stu, which is the Biden's got all these deals in China. Who actually made that happen? As my kids would say, who made it rain, right? Uh, And that's what we thought was so important. And what we realized is we went through the Hunter Biden laptop and also a collection of emails that we got from one of his uh, business partners, a guy named Bevan Cooney, uh, is that the people who made it rain in every single case were Chinese officials with ties to the highest levels of intelligence. Uh, which means that, of course, this is not just a case of cronyism and corruption. Uh, this was an intelligence effort by the Chinese government, I believe, to sort of capture the Biden family. Because there's a separation here between, I mean, anyone who does business in China, you could say, has some ties to the Chinese government because they're right. involved in everything. Exactly. But these are high-level contacts. That's correct. I mean, we're not talking about the fact that you've got a businessman who may have to check in or may have to report something to right. the Ministry of State Security. Uh, one of the guys that open doors for Hunter Biden that secured, helped secure a $20 million deal uh, for Hunter. Uh, his name is Che Feng. His business partner at the time was the vice minister hmm. for state security, is like the top two or three person that runs the entire spy apparatus of China. Uh, another individual that helped him, Mr. Zhao, uh, was at the time business partners with the family of the former minister of state security who ran the entire spy apparatus. So these are very senior level officials. And again, of the deals that we know of that the Bidens got in China, every single one of them you can trace back to a strong intelligence uh, connection. And that, I think, is extremely troubling uh, because it's pretty clear to me that that the Bidens received this money, uh, Hunter received it, and then, of course, paid some of his father's bills, so his father was a beneficiary, but they received it. And the question is, is what did Beijing get in return? Can you, is this legal? Can you, can Hunter Biden, as a son, go over and do business with whoever he wants, take that money and pay off 
his dad's bills. Is, is that something that is even allowed yeah. when you're talking about a high-level government employee like you know now President Biden? Yeah, no, it's illegal. You're not allowed to do okay. that. Family members can buy gifts, right? Mm-hmm. You can buy your dad a Christmas gift or sure. a birthday present uh, and whatnot, but you cannot pay for bills, subsidize the lifestyle of a family member who's a politician, and you certainly can't use your business to do it, which is what Hunter Biden did. So that is illegal. We know that there are tens of thousands of dollars worth of bills. There's probably more Mm -hmm. uh, that he paid for for his dad. But there's also the larger question. I mean, they've wrapped this in this in in the sense in the blanket that this is a business deal uh, that they did with these Chinese entities. But, Stu, there doesn't seem to be a real discernible service that you can see that's being (laughs) returned. I mean, Hunter is is put on this board of this financial entity he has no background in finance. There's no evidence that he you know, got them some investment deal. So these are the troubling questions that I think we have to look at. And to me, the fundamental question is, is are or is the Biden family compromised? Yeah, you have done great work in the past. Uh, I'm minding that this is not just a Joe Biden or a Hunter Biden issue. This is a family business, right? Right. right. Um, how much money are we talking about here? I mean, tens of thousands of dollars is notable. Mm-hmm. How big is this? Well, we know that, that the Biden family receives some $31 million from five Jeez. Chinese deals. Um, and those are all based on information. There, you know, there's, there's emails where a Chinese official says, I just wired $5 million into this account. So it's, it's all information that is absolutely inaccurate. Again, there may be deals that we don't know the full uh, extent to them. There may be other payments that we're not aware of, but $31 million, which is a pretty darn good take. And if you put this in the context of that this is an intelligence operation, imagine during the Cold War that an American politician's family would take $31 million from Russian businessmen tied to the KGB. I mean, that would be a big story. It'd be a massive story. And that's really the equivalent of what's happened here. It's incredible. And, And this is almost all happening between when Joe Biden leaves office as the vice president and when he becomes president? Is that the timeline we're talking about? It, it begins while he's vice president. Okay. So the first deals happen in, in late 2013. Okay. And then some of the deals occur uh, up uh, after he leaves the vice presidency. Um, one of the, uh, the payments or part of this $31 million, the $20 million deal he got, he apparently just recently got out of, which means he collected that money while his father was president of the United Jeez, States. This is unbelievable. And part part of me is, is terrified because you, you see Joe Biden's the president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, tons and tons of influence, obviously, tons and tons of control over our you know, daily lives. Um, but what's interesting is you go through this and it's not just the Biden family. This is a bigger operation by China designed to infiltrate all sorts of areas of American life. That's right. That's right. They call it elite capture. That's their elite uh, capture, elite capture, Mm -hmm. their terminology for it. And it's kind of genius if you think about it, Stu. I mean, if if you view the United States as your rival or enemy, as Beijing does, Mm -hmm. uh, you can go head to head with them or you can say, you know what, I'm facing this giant. Why don't I just decapitate or lobotomize the head? Um, so I don't have to deal with the whole sure. body. And that's essentially what they're doing. They're saying we're going to uh, strike commercial deals. We're going to pay off elites, uh, make it so they don't see us as much as a threat. Uh, and then they're not going to react and be effective in countering what we're doing. And that's really the heart of the strategy. It involves politicians in Washington, D.C., of both political parties. 
uh, Silicon Valley, the big tech titans they do it to, and the biggest firms on Wall Street. How overt is this stuff? Uh, you mentioned um, on radio this morning, you talked about Mitch McConnell and, yeah. and, and Lane Chow and how their, their shipping business mm-hmm. was this tiny operation, right? It yeah. grows into this big deal because he, they work with China. Mm-hmm. But just like we saw with the NBA, right. if Mitch McConnell comes out and is super tough on China, they're going to blow that company up. And that's exactly right. That's the family business down the tubes. Right. That sort of it, it, it's not explicit pressure. It's it's implicit. Right. And, and Mitch McConnell knows this. Right. So there's some examples like that. Is that the norm or is it more like overt? They're coming to them and saying, you do this for us or you're in trouble. Well, I think it's it's not quite as overt in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's an intelligence concept that they use that loosely translated to English means big help with a little bad mouth, which mm-hmm. is what Beijing wants. And what it means mm-hmm. is, you know, it's OK if you call us out on the Uyghurs, that's the little bad mouth. That's fine. We, we know. That. Yeah, we can take that. We know you need to maintain credibility. We know that that if you don't, people are going to become suspicious of you uh, and what your intentions and interests are. But it's the big stuff we worry about. And what they want to do is they want unfettered access to our technology, unfettered access to our capital markets. As long as you don't disrupt those and they're is not really any serious effort to do so. They are happy and fine if they occasionally pop off about the Uyghurs or something else. It's really not a big issue for Beijing. Mm. Um, Talk to me about big tech a little bit. Big tech is obviously, they want these markets open. You're talking about a billion plus people here. They want to get a piece of that. Um, What are they sacrificing? What are they doing that's hurting us when they're trying to land these big deals? Well, if you want to enter the Chinese market and you are a, a powerful, successful tech firm, uh, they are going to cajole you and leverage you into providing access to technologies that benefit their military. And their military is dir- in direct competition with the United States. So, for example, if you look at Microsoft or you look at Google, they, they constantly want deals in Beijing. Microsoft wants to sell software to the Chinese government, to a whole ho- host of entities. Well, one of the things Microsoft does in return is they sponsor and support financially and also with engineering prowess, artificial intelligence research in China that is linked to the Chinese military. The labs are actually linked to the military. Um, the, the artificial intelligence race is the one that Beijing thinks is key. If you win that, mm. you win the tech race. So we've got Microsoft and Google subsidizing China as they are competing against us to win this very crucial race. In other instances, you have Bill Gates, you know, the founder of Microsoft, who's actually invested in companies like BYD that do research on military technologies that that help with guidance systems for missiles that are pointed at us, by the way. So that's what they want. They say, we want to do business with you. We want to grant you access. uh, But you have to invest in us which really means investing in their military. Mm. Do, you, do you have any idea what the mindset is here for these people doing this? I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of corruption in the government. There's, we know that there's a lot of people out for themselves. But you'd think you don't want to put the U- United States, their home country, in severe danger, right? We, right. And that, that is what we are doing right now uh, with a lot of this stuff. Do, are they thinking this through? Are, are, they, are they justifying in their, in their heads? How does this work? I, I think they justify it in their heads. I mean, for some people, I think especially the politicians who don't have as much money, the financial motivation is huge. Right. That's part of it. I think mm-hmm. for the tech titans, a lot of these people are worth, you know, 20, you know, 40 billion dollars. Right. 
motive is is not so much financial. I think they honestly have this sort of quasi uh, appreciation or respect for the autocratic regime in Beijing. Not not the human rights stuff, but they will right. praise how efficient the government is. Mm-hmm. You know, or Elon Musk will say because the Chinese dictatorship is so responsive to the needs of the people compared to our representative government, which is inefficient. And, and I think they actually believe that. And they have this overinflated sense that somehow they're going to influence this Chinese. They're going to bridge the gap between Beijing and Washington. It's all ridiculous. It's all based on ego. But it's not just about the money. It has deeper roots than that. Yeah, it does seem like that when you get to a certain point, when you think you're much more important and much smarter and much better than everybody else. Yes. You could justify all, all sorts of things, and that's a big problem. Um, give me another, we got about a minute left. Give me a minute on, on Bush and Trudeau and their dynasties. Yeah, uh, Beijing loves working with family dynasties, mm. and with the Trudeau family in Canada, with both of the Bush family in the United States, you see this long history where, you know, the patriarch of the family serves as, as prime minister or president. Their family members end up getting commercial deals in China. In the case of Trudeau in Canada, when he leaves the premiership, he he makes a family fortune by hooking up Canadian businessmen back with his buddies in Beijing. That was kind of the business model. And you have a situation today where the newest generation of the family, in the case of the Bushes, that's Neil Bush. In the case of the Trudeaus, that's Justin Trudeau, who really are soft on Beijing in a major way. There's a sort of quasi-ideological commitment. Uh, Pierre, sorry, Justin Trudeau's even said, was asked once, what government do you respect the most? And he said, well, there's a lot to be said for China. China because they just get things done. So it is a massively distorted view uh, and is very troubling. And they like those kinds of arrangements. There's also been reporting on China approaching young up and coming politicians early in life before they've been big successes and compromising them before all this stuff goes down. And there's this sort of like, I don't know, cliche of of China playing a longer game than us. But it does seem to be true. Oh, absolutely. It's about relationships. It's about the family. That's the way Chinese politics work. Uh, And they understand and have understood for quite some time that the race and the competition between great powers uh, is not won in six months or in two years. Mm. It's one of the course of decades. And Xi has already said by 2049, they will seize the commanding heights and they will be the supreme power on the globe. And that will transform life in our country in very fundamental ways. It already is. And that's what people have to understand. This is not just about the terrible things that are being done to the Uyghurs, to the people in China itself. China has ambitions and plans that involve the United States. And it's already starting to affect life in this country. There's censorship uh, in the sense that people don't want to criticize the China regime. And some of the censorship tools that have been used in China against their population mm. are now starting to be used by big tech firms in the United States. This is terrifying. Peter Schweitzer, who's you know, written some of the deepest reporting we've seen uh, on the government in the past you know, 10 years, uh, he's the president of the Government Accountability Institute, and he calls this book the scariest project he's ever worked on. So that says something. Red-handed, how American elites get rich helping China win. You can pick it up wherever you get books. Pair it with a great reset. Great couple of books you can buy at the same time. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for coming on and beat the storm across the country, please. <laughs> Absolutely, Stu. I'll give you an update. How's that? Right, thank you. Back in a second. <laughs> I'm learning because we have this big winter storm about to hit Texas that I didn't move south enough. 
Maybe I can rectify that uh, by buying a new home. Move, I don't know, is it Houston I need to go to? How far do I need to go? Do I need to go to Galveston? Where do I need to go? Mexico, uh, Belize, I'll do it. Uh, if you need a real estate agent, no matter where you are going um, and you're moving, a lot of people are moving south now. Florida, um, you know, Tennessee, uh, Texas, uh, all over the south because they're running away from what we've seen go on in the blue states over the past couple of years. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go if you're moving to a new area. You want to sell your house uh, before you go? Realestateagentsitrust.com. No matter where you are, you can get the best agent in your area by just going to realestateagentsitrust.com and finding a screened agent to make your transaction the best it can be. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Sometimes you see a couple stories and they don't immediately tell you and scream to you that they go together. But I think these two stories do go together pretty well. Uh, a big story about Joe Biden's Afghan failure, as we noted once or twice or a thousand times, it's been a catastrophic failure since the beginning of the administration. But maybe the worst, I still think maybe the worst part of it was the Afghanistan thing. I mean, I just, I still, it still blows my mind that we screwed that up like that. Um, and now new leaked documents are coming out and telling the stories of meetings happening in the middle of this going on, including uh, August 14th. So this is when Kabul is falling, when uh, the president is escaping, you know, he's jetting out of town, all that's going on. And they're still trying to figure out the basic stuff like, how do we get people out of there? Should we try to get people out of there? Will we work with countries to serve as transit points? We should. That's what they thought that day. We should do that. It's a good time to start thinking about that. Um, how about uh, notifying locally employed staff to begin to register their interest in relocation? So not to relocate them, not to, uh, to uh, get their uh, interest level in relocation, not even to just uh, begin to indicate their interest in relocation, but begin to prepare to indicate their interest in relocation as the president is fleeing the country. That's how bad that was. And then, you know, and, you, and I just feel like these two go together. Uh, scoop, leaked document reveals Biden's Afghan failures. Then like five minutes later, Biden to announce relaunch of cancer moonshot program started under Obama. <laughs> Wait, uh, yeah, I know we screwed up that Afghan thing. Huge story coming out. What if we cure cancer? Do you guys like cancer? You're not for cancer, are you? What if we try to stop that? That should get me up to 34% approval rating <laughs> any day now. Uh, now, that is, of course, uh, the Biden presidency, a catastrophe, as we know, in Washington, D.C. Not the biggest catastrophe, though. That was reserved for the Washington Commanders, the new name <laughs> for the Washington football team, or their actual name, the Washington Redskins, which is not a hateful or racist name, as we've covered many times on this program. And they released a wonderful video to show you how non-racisty they are. Legacies are built. By tradition. Just remember this. Values. 40 men together can't lose, okay? And beliefs. Born of a spirit. Hail to the greats that laid our foundation. Hail to the 
cultivating in the hearts of the people from the DMV. Cultivated in the hearts. But even the greatest of legacies of all. Back to pass on a quick shot. Or fade. We have one goal, one mission, one drive. Honor our legacy. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. They seem to have more white players than fans, uh, but uh, that's uh, apparently it. Um, <laughs> The Washington Commanders was the actual name. Uh, Andrew Beck tweeted, so let me get this straight. They replaced the Washington Redskins and their awesome logo of a Native American warrior with the Washington Commanders to honor the white guys who conquered them? That's interesting. The white commanders are coming in uh, and getting rid of the uh, Native Americans, just like real history. Uh, so I don't know if that's exactly what you want to note with that. I, when I see commanders, too, all I think of is a hand, the Handmaid's Tale, where... The, we, are you naming the team after the people raping the handmaids? I don't. This seems like a weird, a weird time. Look, they should have just kept it the football team. And I will say uh, the reason they should have kept it the football team is because then people would just call it the Redskins like they've been doing for the past couple of years. But that leads you to believe they should have just left it the Redskins. All this nonsense, what has it bought them? They're still hated by everybody. They're still being dragged in front of the league and, and, and all sorts of legal trouble. This hasn't bought them anything. They should have just stuck by their guns and stuck by the name. But people fold. And when you fold, you get nothing out of it. Nothing. It never helps you, ever. Please, America, learn that lesson Are you a fan of snacks? I know I am a fan of snacks. Do you like to not get super fat? I mean, you might think, Stu, it seems like you're a huge fan of getting fat. And that's not a terrible point. However, uh, you know, look, you'd like to avoid it if you could, if you could still eat delicious things like Bilt Bars. Bilt Bars come in coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, cookies and cream, and many, many more. And if you can't pick a flavor right off the bat, you get the mix box. Nine flavors, two of each. Try them all. You'll get some favorites. Then you can buy them uh, in bulk after that. That's what my wife does. She gets them. She's there in the house all the time. 180 calories or less, four to five grams of sugar, four to five net carbs. It's really low. Uh, good for you. Delicious and healthy. Built.com is the place to go to get these. Use the promo code STU15 to save 15% off your first order. Promo code is STU15 for 15% off at Built.com. Please, right now, open up your Spotify app. And I don't know, maybe subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Also go to stewdoesmerch.com, stewdoesmerch.com. You can get your Biden stuff, your Colin Kaepernick stuff, your LeBron James stuff, your Nancy Pelosi stuff. I mean, Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. They're in stock right now. You can grab them. We even got these uh, little these little babies. They're still, they're still selling. Andrew Cuomo is awful. And Chris Cuomo is worse. Even though they're not in your life anymore, people still hate them that much. Uh, StuDoesMerch.com for that. And you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars when you leave a review. Something quick, simple, it's great, whatever. That is fine with me. Uh, and you can watch the show on YouTube. YouTube.com slash America. Every episode's up there. Please subscribe and click the bell there as well. You can comment during the show. Sean writes, I know you're kind of making a joke about how much you do for us, but know that you are very much appreciated for all your hard work to bring us the truth. Thank you. That's really nice, Sean. And I don't know how to react to something 
like a compliment. So I'll just move on. Stephanie writes, I agree that we should uh, have the same format as the Brits in Congress because they interact directly with the president and the president has to respond directly without a freaking teleprompter and cheat sheets. Gosh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? We have basically turned into a freaking monarchy. Also, Pelosi, Obama, AOC, among others, should also resign for living their lives while the rest of us were in lockdown and scolded for being horrible humans who are killing others. I'm so over this BS. That's like the nation's uh, I think a slogan right now. I'm so over this BS. A little while ago, we gave you the appetizer portion of Peter Schweizer, the tapas, if you will. Peter Schweizer, though, has the main dish, the full event, coming up in just a couple of minutes with Glenn Beck. Don't miss the show as they go through a big chalkboard. Peter Schweizer, Glenn Beck, talking about the Great Reset, China, all the craziness that's going on. you got to subscribe to Blaze TV so this stuff can continue to happen. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. Save 10 bucks with the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show, and we appreciate when you do it. BlazeTV.com slash Stu.